0: welcome to gradcast the official podcast of the society of graduate students at the university of western ontario coming to you from the other london let's start the show Hello everybody, welcome to GradCast, or should we say today, UndergradCast? gradcast uh, We're joined by a, a trio of students here, and all of you are undergrads, yes? Yes. yes. All right, so we're joined by uh, Luen Lanwa, uh Ashmita Singh, and Kevin Chow. How are you guys all doing? Pretty
1: good, thanks. Good,
0: good. Okay. And you guys just also came out of a panel where you guys were talking about, or you guys are about to do a paper
1: poster? We were um, sitting into a keynote presentation, and we're going oh, to wonderful. present a poster Um, This afternoon.
0: Excellent, and you guys were just talking a little bit before, uh, you have quite an interesting story about how this team all came together. Can you guys tell us like, how did this all happen?
1: Sure. Well, I guess it just started out uh, from the very beginning as a group of students who just had an interest in synthetic biology. Um, So a couple of uh, third-year students actually went up to Winona, um, the uh, head of uh, first-year biology, and we just wanted to play around with Um, synthetic biology components so it started as a bunch of students really like having fun and fiddling in the lab over the summer and it's really grown to something at this point uh, similar to an undergraduate um, research program so um, we currently have 10 students, they're all uh, completing their independent projects and um, we're, we're presenting at conferences, we're publishing research so it's really grown from that that humble beginning. <laughs>
0: that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good preparation. I imagine that many are interested in doing like MSCs and PhDs later and such. Uh, so, synthetic biology. Uh, I imagine from an outside perspective, that's a fairly scary sounding word. So, can right. you um, can you tell us exactly what it means and what you guys are doing?
2: Well, synthetic biology is really the engineering of life so we design genetic pathways to produce um, whatever we want pretty much in the organism so we transform bacteria yeast algae um, to make it either resistant to pH and it varies it ranges from whatever application you would want to have and whatever genes you're using so it's it's very interdisciplinary and you can use it for a wide range of applications
0: and is this significantly different from genetic engineering or is it the same thing is just different words for the same thing
2: Um, I guess on a
3: greater extent, if you like look at it from the big picture, synthetic biology is exactly what it sounds like. It's taking biology and biological life and synthetically changing it, which is kind of like genetic engineering. But this goes further because now you're not just looking at genes, you may be looking at proteins and how you can synthetically change pathways and not just the genetic side of it so it's more interdisciplinary and probably bigger but in that sense a lot of the genetic engineers still fit into synthetic biology
1: yeah there's there's actually a lot of debate about the semantics because this is a very cutting edge and emerging field so we're we're still talking about that even amongst like synthetic biologists so from what
0: i'm picking up not all synthetic biologists or genetic engineers but all genetic engineers would be under the umbrella. Synthetic biology?
1: Yeah, yep. you could say right. so.
0: Uh, I also, I'm just like thinking of uh, stories from the news from a while back, and I remember hearing the great story of uh, the E. coli that was made from scratch. Mm-hmm. Is this part of kind of the same bubble?
1: Yeah, definitely. We have a supervisor, uh, Dr. Karas, and he worked at the Craig Venture Institute, so that was actually one of their projects. Uh, they were working on a minimal cell. Um, so they started with the smallest uh Possible genome that they can find, and they introduce deletions to make it even smaller. And so, I think I believe they've reduced it down to like around uh, 300, 400 um, kilobases, which is pretty impressive. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's just one of their projects. Okay. And um, can you just tell me, like, um, like give me a couple examples of some of the different projects that are going on within the group?
2: Um, right now, we are working with the pH biomarker, which is a bacteria that will indicate different changes in pH. We're also are working in a different branch of the minimal cell. We are trying to reintroduce essential genes to try to restore growth in S. melilodi, which is a cyanorizobium and we also have a little outreach project which is SynBio Talks. we get together once or twice a month to talk about synthetic biology and the cutting edge research that's been happening in the field we present new papers we have keynote speakers come in every once in a while so it's been it's been growing a lot
0: all right so when you talked about that project i saw i heard a lot of acronyms and such so can you kind of break down what that you know sabrina here is in media studies i'm in history so uh, could you break down like what you're doing in that project and what kind of applications you're going for or what kind of things you're trying to do with that?
3: Okay, I guess we'll start with the one that we'll be presenting here. So the pH biomarker, it's essentially bacteria that if you put it into um, like an environment like where it could live, it would change its color. So it'd be like a visual indicator for pH change. So instead of having to like go in the field and have to do it, it just stays there, and then you don't have to like go and like go into the field and actively monitor the pH because the bacteria does that for you. So that's our, that was our like first project that we did over the summer, and that's what we're presenting here. But the other one that we're working on, which is Melolati, which is another type of bacteria. Now this bacteria is very very important for agricultural purposes. So if you look at pulses and lentils, the way they get nitrogen and their nutrients is because this bacteria forms a relationship with the plant and it's a symbiotic relationship so um, the cool thing about this bacteria is it has a very very different genome it's high GC content which just means that it has a very very like it has a more stable genome and in labs, it's hard to work with high GC content bacteria because um, it's hard to replicate them. They're not very good laboratory tools. So we're trying to make this bacteria where we get rid of anything that's non-essential, add genes in it to make it grow fast enough that it can be used as a laboratory tool so that other people can take this further and use it for research.
0: I hate to be uh, crass so the first thing you said was there's a bacteria that um could change color based on ph and i was just thinking of right. when you're a kid and are like don't pee in the pool because it'll turn <laughs> color and i'm like you've just invented that <laughs> um and so with the second one is it more just like the challenge of dealing with like uh, i imagine it just sounds like a uh, bacteria that has a ton of dna and trying to like work it out or like what kind of Stuff are you trying to do with that?
1: So this bacteria is special in that it has multiple replicons. So multiple, uh, I guess, like you know, genomic structures. There's a chromosome, and then there's a megaplasmid and a chromid, just different replicons. So there's actually like three rings of DNA in this bacteria. So um, we're working on uh, deleting uh, some of these replicons. So we're working on a deletion strain, um, taking out the pma megaplasmid, and PSM-B chromid. So all that's left is um, just the chromosome, right? Um, so in order to do that, we had to move some essential genes, three essential genes, to the chromosome. And then uh, so when we grew this this bacteria, it, it grew perfectly, so it was viable, but it grew slower than wild-type, which was the normal bacteria without the deletions. So our project basically entails just what genes can we reintroduce to the chromosome or in trans so like beside the chromosome in order to make it grow faster or as fast as the wild type that's what we're looking at currently
0: i mean that's still pretty impressive that's still like science beyond anything that i could uh, (laughs) um i could do so um i guess like for the people listening out there what drove you guys to come together like you know still third years that means still like you know second Second, year second year so you guys are like not even 20 almost like 19, (laughs) 20 years old so how did you guys get into something like synthetic biology at such a like not only choose like I want to do biology I want to do synthetic biology at such a young age
2: Um, we got first introduced to the world of synthetic biology through um, a project called iGEM iGEM stands for International internationally genetic engineered machine, and it's basically an organization that provides standard biological parts. So all those genes, um, (coughs) sorry, all those things that they provide, genes promoters, proteins and things like that, they provide those to us so we can use them in E. coli which is uh, a type of bacteria that grows really well in the laboratory setting so that we can transform those and we can put the Lego, Lego pieces together and build whatever we want.
0: All right, excellent. So, before we let you guys go, I uh, just want to ask you guys: Is there a presence online for this group, where people can like kind of keep tabs and all the cool stuff you're getting up to?
1: Definitely, we actually have a blog. So, all right, give us web- that. Right <laughs> now. So, our website is uwoigem, so i g e m dot com, and uh, so we have a blog that we keep updated with uh, all of our projects. We write pretty uh, controversial articles about things like CRISPR and on, like recent um, protocols in the field. Um and we also have like write-ups about all our programs so people can check out the different opportunities that we have for them to get involved.
0: All right. And if this is what you guys are doing at 19 then I uh, I look a little bit more optimistic to the future. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys so much for coming out and talking to us. Yes, no problem. Thank you. That's all we got for this week. If you like this episode, share with someone. Check us all out on Twitter and Facebook. Both you can find through Gradcast Radio. You can go to our website to see more episodes at gradcastradio.ca. And if you want to come on the show and talk about your own research, great line for your CV, go to gradcastradio at gmail.com. The theme is Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod, and we will see you guys next time.